Well, Betsy's going to come up and she's going to read this scripture out of the Gospel of Matthew. And it's very familiar to us what this scripture is. We've heard this story over and over again. And I just want to remind you that we are now in this time of Lent. And Lent is a time where we need to go deeper. In order to do that, we have to do some kind of self-examination. And so what I'm going to ask of you, as Betsy reads the parable of the sower, where do you find yourself in this parable? What kind of soil are you? Betsy? That same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat beside the sea. Such great crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat there, while the whole crowd stood on the beach. And he told them many things in parables, saying, Listen, a sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seeds fell on the path, and the birds came and ate them up. Other seeds fell on rocky ground, where they did not have much soil. And they sprang up quickly, since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched, and since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. Other seeds fell on good soil and brought forth grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. Let anyone with ears... Listen. Holy wisdom, holy word. Thanks be to God. So I want to ask you again this morning. How is it with your soil? How is it with your soil? We're going to explore that a little more as we work through, but I just I want to go back a few days to last Wednesday when we gathered in this sanctuary in a a pretty intimate way, and yeah, this is the first time I think since I've been at Aldersgate where I roped off the back pews, just wanting to bring people forward. And we walked through some processes that I just want to kind of talk about a little bit this morning. Shannon and I did some scriptural readings, and we came together, and I, we handed out pieces of paper, and on those pieces of paper, I asked people to write things that they would like to confess, things that they needed to let go of, even commitments that they wanted to make throughout these 40 days of Lent. And we probably had about 75 people, and I think pretty much everybody wrote something on a piece of paper. And we took those pieces of paper and filled this, filled this pot. It had been my intention to not use this pot to burn those pieces of paper but I used the pot, and I think it's a good thing. And I went around after that and asked them if they could now look at this as it was combined with the palms from last Palm Sunday as we continued this cycle and said, can you read anything that is written on here? Can you recognize anything about what you wrote, the confessions you made, And the answer is no. And I had the children at first service look pretty carefully at something like this. This is the largest piece of what was left. But there's no writing on this. You can't see it at all. 
and talked about the fact that Lent is that time, the beginning of Lent particularly, where once these things are written and once these things are burned, then we need to let them go. And we're notoriously bad, aren't we, as human beings, of letting those kinds of things go. And all of us, I think, can relate to how this pot now looks. It was this beautiful, clean, I'll turn it that way a little more because that's more beautiful, clean things. And it's how we are as babies, this beautiful, kind of amazing creation. But throughout life, we deal with these stresses, and sometimes these stresses create a difference in us. But the more we allow God to enter into this time in our lives, the more we are able to let go of things, the more that we're able to confront or even go deeper in our lives, the more we become whole and the more we're recreated and renourished and rejuvenated into something beautiful again. And it's not like we're not beautiful anyway, but there are things that happen inside us that churn, that separate, that cause harm. But here's the deal. Lent is that time where we remember Jesus in the desert for 40 days. And there's some incredible symbolism around Jesus being in the desert for 40 days. And I remind you, anytime you see the number 40 in Scripture, anytime, it means new creation, renewal. Anytime you see desert, like the Hebrew people wandering in the desert for 40 years, it means being tried and renewed and refined by fire. Jesus in the desert for 40 days. Something new is coming and He is going to be refined by fire. And that's what this is. This is an amazing time. And one of the things that that I I forgot to do um, on Wednesday night, I talked about forest fires a little bit. And what happens in a forest fire is not a bad thing. We look at it and we think, uh, what a terrible, terrible event. And yet what forest fires do is they have the potential for renewal in a forest. They burn down the old to allow the new to come in. And fire does that in our lives. And what I forgot to do was add ash to the plant that we planted on Wednesday night because there's a replenishing that happens out of the ashes in a forest that is burned. And there's a replenishing that can happen in our lives when we're able to let things go. There's a replenishing in our lives that happens when even we symbolically burn those things so that they're unrecognizable anymore. Lent is that kind of time. Lent is that kind of time that allows us to be renewed, to be replenished, to move beyond the old and have something new planted in us. But here's the challenge. Again, I said this Wednesday night, I want to repeat it this morning. The the challenge for us is that we can hope, that we can dream about being renewed. We can think about being renewed. But like planting, until we take the specific actions needed, 
all that becomes is a hope and a dream. And Lent, again, is that time of action. So on this first Sunday in Lent, I, I want to talk a little bit about this parable. Now, if you're in my Wednesday or my Sunday class, you'll know this is a reminder that um, the parables are written and spoken for a very specific reason. In the Greek, parable literally means to cast beside, not cast aside, to cast beside, to place something alongside a teaching that causes your mind to think more deeply about the potential in that teaching, to cast beside. It's like a tease. It's like a teaser that, that, that just forces you to wonder, where am I in this parable? What does this have to do with me? And more importantly, what does this have to do with what God's hopes are for me and for the world? There are 37 parables in the Synoptic Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. 37 parables. And one of the amazing epiphanies, I had no idea. I mean, I had some inkling, but no really deep idea that if you really want to understand what Jesus is trying to say and what he's trying to do, then you need to unwrap the parables. There is secret, deep meaning within every one of those that when put together, become the overall teachings of Jesus. 37 parables. There are even, of those 37 parables, 15 of them can be found in some of the more obscure Gospels, like the Gospel of Thomas. Even in the Gospel of Thomas, the parables are there. And so what we have to do is unwrap what those kind of mean. And I'm just going to help us out a little bit with this parable of the sower and talk about what it has to do with us for Lent. Remember, Lent is a time to set some things aside to create more space for God in our lives. And guess what we have to do at the beginning of that process? We have to do a little self-examination. And for many of us, that's a little terrifying. Well, you're among friends. And we're going to deal with this today. So I want to retell the parable a little bit and just see where you are. Here's, here's a couple of the answers about this parable. By the way, Jesus is the sower. Jesus is the sower. And the seed that Jesus is trying to plant is what's going to bring the kingdom of God to earth. Like, if we went back to Matthew 5, go read the Beatitudes again. And that seed is all about what's trying to be planted in the world through us. That's the seed that Jesus is trying to plant as the sower. However, there are issues. And there were issues then, and there are issues today. And he identifies those issues cast beside as soil. So we have the soil that is hardened. Hardened, because... It's been walked over, over and over and over again. And people in that time were able to basically look over their shoulder and say, oh yeah, there it is. There's the path through that field. We have a little more trouble with that. But think of the parking lot. You got that image? What happens to a seed when you throw it on the parking lot? Not much. Unless it finds a little crack that can go into that soil. Which we had, which now we don't have because we have a new parking lot. But, so think of that, that solid surface 
and a seed goes and the wind will carry it away immediately or it'll be just burned or or the birds will come down and thank us for having that seed on that parking lot, eat it up. But no matter what, that seed disappears and nothing happens with that seed. Or, or, or how about uh, we, we have some of the most rocky soil I showed you last week, uh, but just an example of the soil that we have up at our cabin. It is absolutely filled with rocks. And I even asked the children, can anything grow in this soil? And they said, no. It's hard to have rocks in the midst of soil and have things grow through those rocks. It becomes deeply challenging. I'm looking at Farrell and Lee looking at each other about, I assume, your garden this morning, because it's rocky. And it's hard. It's hard to grow through rocks. But then, <laughs> then there's the weedy soil. And none of us can relate to moss in our grass. Or weeds that grow up into our gardens. And those are the three different kinds of challenging soils that Jesus deals with in this. But then he talks about the good soil, and I'll get there in just a second. So I want to ask you again, how is it with your soil? Are you right now hardened? Hardened. That either life has beat you up in such a way that you just don't feel like you can go anywhere with this soil. You have nothing left, and you're hardened in such a way that no matter what it is that's trying to be planted there, you can't go there. Is that where you are today? Is that your soil? Or are you dealing with so many obstacles in your life right now that what he talks about is the the seed will take root, but the soil is so shallow that it will immediately take root and immediately sprout But as any kind of heat hits that plant, it withers and dies. What are the areas of heat that are confronting you right now? What are the areas of heat that are causing you to wilt right now? Are you that kind of soil? Or that third kind? What's choking the life out of you? right now that soil where it it takes root and it begins to grow but alongside it are those thorny kinds of weedy things that literally choke the life out of you things like fear things like really low self-esteem things like other pressures that come in on you are you that kind of soil That's the kind of self-examination I'm talking about through Lent. To ask those kinds of questions, which are hard, hard questions for us to ask. How is it with your soil? Hard, rocky, weedy, choked. But when Jesus went into the desert for those 40 days, he was challenged in rays that went all the way to his roots. And within each of those, he was able to overcome each of those challenges, but by the grace of God. Because there he was, knowing Scripture well enough to quote it back to the challenges, that Hasatan, that adversary that kept attacking him. 
he was able to prayerfully consider how he might take the hardened places of his life and recultivate those to become healthy. Or if he was able to take those rocky places and remove those obstacles out of the way so that what he could do is take root and grow in a more healthy way. Or he was able to remove those weeds, to pull them out so that he could create that kind of healthy space for quality growth. Friends, that's what Lent is designed to be. Do we give things up for Lent? Well, I guess. But here's the deal. I'm still not convinced that giving up chocolate for Lent is what Lent is supposed to be. Now, if you're giving up chocolate for health reasons, I get that. That's fine. Absolutely, you'll get no argument from me on that one. But the purpose of Lent is if we're going to give something up, we do it strategically. We are absolutely hooked, thank you, Betty Fredine, on the show Parenthood. Cora is now hooked. My name is Brad, and I'm addicted to Parenthood. Thank you. And what if, during this time of Lent, the three of us were able to give up one or two or three of those shows, and instead what we would do was sit with each other and pray together? What if that's what we did instead? Or did a Bible study together? Or go through, there's Lenten devotionals out on the back table as you leave today that you're welcome to take. And just spend a little time cultivating our soul. What if we did that instead? I shared with First Service, I want to share with you, I covenant with you that I'm spending every day over the next two weeks in this trip to Thailand praying for you and taking intentional time out. Adam is aware of this, and we're going to be together for most of this time. That that is giving up some of that time in order to be able to open to God's Spirit my prayers for you, believing that your faces will come around the needs that you're carrying. And I truly believe that will happen. And know that you have that prayer support even from the other side of the planet, from Thailand. We can take any one of these soils, if we are dealing with these, and many of us are dealing with all three, and in this time, cultivate it in such a way that what we then have is good, beautiful, healthy, nutritious, Soil, so that as we become more and more rooted in our faith throughout this time, we see that there's more possibility for fruit bearing in our lives. And what is fruit? What is the fruit? Go back and again read Matthew 5, and particularly Beatitudes. That's the fruit. And the ultimate is peace. Peace within ourselves. Peace that exists even just around us. And peace that extends extends all the way to places like Haiti 
in Thailand, in Cambodia, in Ethiopia, and even today, even today, Malaysia, after the airline incident that happened. We pray for peace. We bring peace. We can't do it in hardened, rocky, or weedy soil. Friends, take this on. Take this on. Find that time. Welcome to Lent. Will you pray with me? God, we ask that this be a time of soil cultivation, of soul cultivation, where we can do the required necessary work in order to turn that soil over, to push things aside, to create space for those seeds of hope and peace and love and grace. We need to take the actions in order for things to take root and help us take the actions to decide today that we will take those actions. It is Lent. It is Lent. Help us enter into this time of cultivation. All this in Christ's name. Amen.